0: How did you know that ceremony was something you needed in your life? I knew... Hmm.
1: It was a feeling. And it was a very strong pull to where um, once I had discovered and learned about the medicine, she... It was almost like she was beckoning me. That's the only way I can really describe it. And that was a and it was a strong beckoning for a good four years before I finally um, was able to meet with her.
0: What did that feel like to be beckoned? What does that mean to you?
1: Hmm. It means uh, feeling called, like, like. Like, when you've wandered a little too far and your mother is calling to you, she's not really angry, she's just like calling out, and you yeah. kind of hear her in the distance, and you're like, oh i need to I need to go right that's That's what it was like. Huh. that's really cool.
0: It was. And what was it that you were called to? What was it that you were seeking?
1: I personally was seeking healing. Uh, for a depression which I had lived with for a good 20 years at that point wow. and it it's was a long time it was it's a long time to feel like dying and it was a smiling depression too so I was able to keep it to myself for the most part
0: kind of high functioning depression would you yeah. could, would you say yeah I would Mm -hmm.
1: I was doing a lot of things, um, outwardly, um, people didn't really know what I was going through, Mm. which a lot of that's been uncovered through ceremony. You know, I have, uh, I have quite a fortress around my emotions.
0: (laughs) Have or had? Still have
1: actually. Yeah. Yeah. But she's poked some holes in it, so I, and shown me where I can can go in and and release that. I wouldn't say that the walls have come down or
0: anything. But that's probably good. <laughs> Having a certain amount of internal boundaries can be there for a reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, where where are you at with the depression these days?
1: Well, since. April 13th, 2018. It was Friday the 13th on a full moon. That was my first ceremony with you. And ever since then, I've only experienced my symptoms of depression one time. And it was when I uh, tried taking pharmaceutical drugs for what I thought was an attention deficit disorder. And that was less than a year ago when I went through that journey. And other than that, my I say my depression was completely cured. Wow. It was a miracle,
0: <laughs> an absolute miracle. And that's since the first time? Yes. So since the first time, just none of that... I mean, was it sort of a numb depression? Was it a, a lack of desire to live or more of a desire to die, like... What what type of depression was it? How would you characterize this 20-year depression?
1: I would describe it like when I would try to enjoy anything in my life, like barbed wire wrapped around that joy and constricting it and not Mm -hmm. allowing me to enjoy anything in my life. So it was like, yeah, it was like that, like barbed wire around my heart Mm. and not allowing enjoyment. uh, I described the feeling I had after, not during (laughs) or immediately after my, my first meeting with her, but, uh. The day after I described it as, wow, like, I can actually enjoy existing. I've never <laughs> known what this feels like. <laughs> Just like, wow, wow. like, <laughs> like, wow. And yeah, I've been, this is what I've been missing. It's a lot to miss.
0: Yeah. The existential joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot to miss. And and the depression um, changed, you know, it, in high school, it was more... Um, I would only be able to kind of subdue it for a certain amount of time, and then it would come out through, like, cutting or um, really, really intense downtimes. Um, but I think as becoming a father and into adulthood i figured out ways to keep it at bay from affecting um my outward life too much mm-hmm. i i can see now that how i was medicating myself quite a lot uh, with alcohol mm. and and marijuana and mm. you know other things probably too but
0: sure yeah. How has your relationship with substances changed since the first ceremony?
1: I, well, since then, I definitely haven't drank alcohol to get drunk. Right. That desire was completely gone. And it's actually been about 15 months since I even had alcohol. And I don't miss it at all. And, um, marijuana, though, um, I definitely continued my relationship um, with that plant, mm-hmm. um, but only up until pretty recently. So it's maybe been almost three months uh, since I've used cannabis. Right. Um, but it took a lot for me to get there and realize um, how my the way I was using it wasn't wasn't helping me sure anymore i think
0: it's fair to say that there are constructive and destructive uses of cannabis
1: yeah absolutely and even alcohol you know but definitely letting go of what i was perceiving as addictive behaviors has been really helpful yeah yeah so
0: better relationship with kids better relationship with self Better relationship with substances, mm-hmm. yeah. And absolutely. then, how did you dovetail into Kundalini yoga? That's interesting. Um,
1: I was given some music to listen to after my first ceremony, and the what I was really drawn to were these mantras, my like Sonamkar. Mm. And I didn't really know anything about them. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that they were based in in Sikhism. I didn't know that they were used in Kundalini Yoga. But they had a very uh, cleansing, calming, meditative effect on me. And those were my go-to. And I was chanting for months before I discovered Kundalini Yoga. Mm. I. But I went to kundalini yoga because I was feeling um, a lot of energy. I was having, um, some people call it an awakening process, um, which now I think is probably everyone's birthright to go through and have that awakening process. Mm. Um, But we're not really taught about it. And um, and I was having a hard time at work, like handling the energy. And what was happening? I was feeling like a, it was like electricity up, up my forearms into my palms and fingers. And, and I was having to take a lot of breaks and just kind of breathe and do a lot of heavy exhalations and mm-hmm. yawns and shaking mm-hmm. a lot. Just like shift the energy out. Yeah, exactly. Just like shake it off a lot, and um, and then and then I learned about uh, Kundalini awakening symptoms, and it really lined up with what I was going through.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so then I started going to Kundalini yoga classes because I thought that would help, and it did. It really helped contain the energy. And then I went to a camp. Uh, for men uh, and it was kundalini yoga and it it really grounded me
0: Mm.
1: and um gave me a little more control over that energy and um and this practice the kundalini yoga has really carried me through this whole awakening process and the unfolding it's carried me it's made it um I would say it's made it easier, but also um, just kept me from like losing my mind through it. (laughs) I mean, you know, and it's interesting um, because a lot of people go to Kundalini Yoga to induce that awakening process and it does do that. Right. It really does.
0: So when you got to Kundalini Yoga, were you already having that awakening?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was already happening. I was. I had. Um, I think I had done three ceremonies by that point, and I was also. Um, I was also microdosing ayahuasca, um, and I think that just kind of opened my channels up and and allowed that to rise up. Maybe before I was like physically, spiritually, and mentally ready for it, which was why I was, you right. know, having a difficult time. But from what I hear, that that can also be very normal as, as that's happening. And it can
0: happen totally spontaneously, too. Yeah. There's one of the things that uh, a teacher of mine talks about that I like where sometimes there's this balance between. Stability and ecstasy, hmm. and a lot of us we want to jump for ecstasy, but if we don't have the stability, then it's like, Ugh! yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a, a chaotic process, and it just can push us even further out of, out of grounding. So, it's absolutely. I think it's great that within Kundalini Yoga, you found that ability to also. You were already having the expansion, but you found a way to, like, ground it down. Yes. And I think that's really powerful. It has been. And it's one thing I've noticed in a lot of people that um, ayahuasca, like, just ayahuasca in itself is not enough, you know? Just, just going to ceremony, um, it changed lives profoundly, but it doesn't provide a step-by-step path. It doesn't provide, it can provide the next step. That's common, right? Yeah. Uh Like the next step is, hey, the next, you know, grandmother ayahuasca says, hey, the next step for you, you really need to do this. I mean, I've experienced that a dozen, at least a dozen times, you know, that's, but it's still not a path. It's a step on the path, but not a path. And I've noticed that a lot of people, whether it's different traditions of meditation, that's obviously the most common, is different traditions of yoga and meditation that people get into after ceremony. So yeah. I think it's. We're, and, uh, alternatively, kind of the other side of that coin is people who end up doing a lot of therapy. You mm-hmm. know, they it just, uh, it's like, oh, geez. Yeah, she kind of <laughs> shows you. I've got a lot to with... work through here, yeah. I've got a lot of material I need to work through here. I think she, and I think that she herself often puts people, shows people which direction to walk in. She's like, you know, you come to a a fork in the road and she's like, oh yeah, you better, you, you better go to therapy. You, you can, you know, you can go do some yoga. You, you need to go, I don't know, live in a cave or something. (laughs) (laughs) That happens too, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You need to go move to another continent and live in the jungle for a while. Mm you know, or whatever, whatever. You need to go be a corporate accountant. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, you know, whatever one's path is. Yeah. But she kind of gives you, she kind of empowers you to make that choice too. Yeah. And to see the possibilities. so much, so often we know that something's not working, but we can't even see the possibilities that are there. And she says, hey, you know, you can actually do this. You can do this thing. Yeah you didn't think you could, but I'm telling you, you actually can just do that thing. Uh, like being like that wise elder that just tells you, you know, you have it in you to go do this.
1: Yeah.
0: So how has that been the two combined for you? The ceremony and kundalini yoga.
1: Combined has been interesting. The, um, the tradition like traditional Kundalini yoga does not um, condone the use of substances of any kind. Right. Um, That's changing though. There's a whole progressive wing of Kundalini yogis who are, you know, uh, familiar with the therapeutic use of psychedelics for transformation and healing and that they're, they have the same goals, you know? Right. And my my journey with Kundalini Yoga has been like one long ayahuasca ceremony. Right. I mean, the way the yoga penetrates each level of your existence is very similar. And, you know, it shows you things you don't want to see, but you need to see. And, you know, you end up, you know, deciding, okay, am I going to... Am I gonna face myself and and make these changes and move forward? Or you know, but like like grandmother shows you, okay, well, if you decide not to, it's probably not gonna be pleasant.
0: You know. Because <laughs> now you know, you know. That is such a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Once we know, it's very different not knowing and being like, I'm sure it's fine. But then once you know, mm-hmm. it becomes very difficult to turn away and, yeah. and pretend. Yeah, you can't retreat back into your um, ignorance.
1: That's gone now. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so I mean, Ignorance is a great excuse, right? You can say, I didn't know any better. Like, how many times have people said this? I just, I didn't know any better. It's a great excuse. Yeah. And then it can just be like, well, I'm just going to continue to not know any better. <laughs> <laughs> But then, once we start start knowing better, it becomes painful yeah. to stay within our own limitations and stay within our own toxic behavior. You know, if if I'm punching every person I see in the face and I don't see anything wrong with it, it's like that's just what I do. It's <laughs> just how I was taught. It's <laughs> my, you know, whatever. <sighs> um, but once we start to feel the pain that we've enacted on other people, oh, yes. and to feel the pain that we've enacted on ourselves suddenly uh, when we sensitize to all that it's a whole new world and we can't use the excuse well I didn't know any better because as soon as you feel it viscerally yes you can't say I don't I didn't know any better it's like no you felt that in your body you knew you knew
1: yeah so
0: yeah I do I agree with you (laughs) going back to the question of
1: how kundalini yoga has been playing well with ceremony um it's been playing well there and there um i won't say there was like a tug of war or anything between the two um because they they have the same they have the same end goal um but um like i found myself um at the at the last ceremony about a month ago, and it had been over a year at that point since I had journeyed, mm-hmm. and I had gone through this transformation through the yoga, and, um, you yeah, know, I found myself um, doing full Kundalini yoga kriya while whilst on the medicine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> which was actually. Um, really interesting you know um, and I found myself um, chanting a lot of mantras during my journey and um, and it affected it affected the journey quite a bit in what ways um, I can't say this was necessarily a good thing because um, but I, I was going through a lot of fear um, at a certain point uh, I think it was on the second night because it was a five-day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there were um, all of these... Well, there were things coming to eat me. Mm. And I was scared. Uh, and so I I chanted this uh, protection mantra that we chant every time we do kundalini yoga. And it's to create a safe and sacred space and provide protection for doing the yoga. And so I did that and it did create this bubble around me. And then the things that were going to consume me weren't able to penetrate it. In hindsight though, you know, I I probably should have let the things eat me because it would have been a good, a good healing probably. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But so... So in that respect, like, you know, I'm, you know, it's really, I don't know, in that journeying with, uh, with the training I've had was, it was interesting to, to play with it. Um, now was it an enhancement or an effective way to journey? I, I don't know, (laughs) but it was interesting. Um, after certain ayahuasca journeys, I will have this lengthened sense of calmness and peace and serenity and connectedness. But if I don't uh, do anything to cultivate that further, it can kind of dissipate. Mm. Um, and what the yoga has done uh, is cultivated those things. Mm. So I can maintain, um, an elevated state of awareness, you know, with, you know, without needing to like journey once a month or something, you know? Right. So that's, and and I really, I believe she totally led me to Kundalini Yoga. Just, it was pretty much a straight path to it. And, um... And it's completely transformed my life, almost as profoundly as she did. Maybe more so because it's something that I can do mm. to to keep to keep cultivating those qualities mm. that, in your daily
0: life. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, so you're at this here at the ceremony, angeling and supporting. Um, and she, do you want to talk at all about what she told you at the last time? Sure. So the last
1: ceremony, I think it was my 11th time, uh, drinking for a journey. And I, I had never purged before all the other times I didn't purge. Um, but this time, um, this time I did and she spoke to me very clearly and um she told me that my journey with her overall was over. <laughs> she told me not to drink her anymore. She told me not to microdose her.
0: So no microdosing, no drinking the tea at the at the ceremony.
1: Yep. And it was interesting too. She she even was like, "And no no Huachuma tomorrow either." (laughs) I was Mm. like, "And I um, I was pleading with her because I had I had just made these commitments to her because I I felt um, that I wanted to to serve the medicine and learn the ways, and I was going to go to Peru uh, for an initiation. Um, in the Shipibo tradition. And uh, I was was very heartbroken and disillusioned when she told me this. Mm. And um, so I was in the midst of pleading with her and she said, you know, just go outside and walk it off. She literally said that. And then a kind of a portal of like gentle light opened up leading out back. And I looked at it and and then I was like, "Wait a minute. What? You know, is this a test or something? You know, like what is going on? I just don't I really don't believe this is happening." And then she wouldn't say anything and the and the portal just kind of stayed right. right there. And I'm like, "Oh, You know, and I'm like half lucid going through this too. So I'm like, okay, you know. And I was crying. I walked, like, moped really out (laughs) to the back and was just crying and kind of felt like I was melting. And standing in the grass, and and then she said, "Forest, I want you to enjoy your life." And I was like. Okay, and I turned around and uh, we had started early and plus it it wasn't getting dark till like 10.30 at night anyway. So the the sunset was right at the most beautiful point it can be at. Mm. Layers of clouds and colors. It was stunning without uh, being... uh, You know, on any medicine, (laughs) it was stunning. Uh, I walked closer and and a bald eagle flew over me. And then all these birds started rising up uh, from the horizon where the water is. And over a hundred herons. And I've been working with the heron energy since shortly after my first journey. (laughs) Right. I sage with a hair and feather that I I found. That's as long as my forearm, and you know, their energy is all about precision and focus and discipline, mm. which has really been, you know, my my journey with the Kundalini yoga. <clears throat> so in that moment, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You know, they were like signs. And still heartbroken though, mm-hmm. it, it really uh, it feels like like a breakup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she she came back strong later in the evening, mm. surprisingly, because I thought it was done. Right. You know, um, I was I was teaching um, uh, a few of the other participants this meditation. A Kundalini Yoga meditation. We were just hanging out around the fire, you know, and and then she came back into me and showed me like these beams of light coming down through them and out their third eyes as they were doing the meditation with me. And it was like this whole this whole thing. And she was like reassuring me that I'm I'm on the right path and I'm I'm doing what she told me to do, and she showed me some more love, because I mean, <laughs> I needed it. I really needed it because sure. I felt so rejected. <laughs> and um, yeah, and that and that message uh, came through a few more times that evening. Um, you know that I'm on the right path, and I just need to keep steady doing what I'm doing. I want to say for now that for now she doesn't have anything else for me. Hmm.
0: Time to integrate. Yeah, exactly. Time to do what she told you to do. Yeah. Hang up the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Hang up the phone and get to work. Yeah. 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 I went through a period like that too. It was at a really intense, large ceremony that I was participating in with one of my teachers in 2008. And, um, And I came to her to her it was like a little hut out in the woods and I came to her and uh she's like I already told you like I told you what you need to go do you need to go do it Mm -hmm. you go do it like go do what I said yeah and I'm like I mean I'm working on it but can we like just hang out you know I miss you (laughs) I miss you granny can we just can we just hang out um you know for now and she's like no (laughs) no I told you what to do now go do it (laughs) and uh you know I took a lot I took a fairly long you know a years long break from from having the tea after that um because she told me to and then the next time years later when I journeyed then that started me down a new path of my own personal growth uh and healing but yeah I have had several periods between then and now of sometimes years long without having any of the tea. Mm-hmm. And I find it that then when I know and I, I just, I work with what I've got. I integrate for my own personal process. And then I hit a point where I'm like, mm, there's some healing to do here. And uh, now I have many tools with which to heal myself, but often the most, direct is okay time to participate in ceremony yeah and then it just here's what you're not seeing oh i wasn't looking at that oh thank you okay that's what i was missing yeah (laughs) so i feel you on that on the importance of taking time to integrate and taking time to step back and 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 taking time to to actually do the work and to follow a path whatever your path is yeah Absolutely, so absolutely. If you were to share any uh, unsolicited advice or wisdom with someone that was interested in this type of working with plants so, and, and spiritual practice in general and self-discovery in general, what would you what would you share? What, what's your like pith wisdom?
1: Oh my hmm Tell listen. to listen to your heart and where, where it's leading you what it's calling out for and you can't really go wrong you know because when you're ready I mean if you're ready for grandmother she's going to call you you're, you're gonna you're gonna feel that pull,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if you if you go uh, when you're not called, that's perfect too because she's gonna give you exactly what you need. Right. You know, it's kind of a cliche, but there's a lot of wisdom in that saying, like that all paths like lead to the truth, mm. and you almost. You almost need to choose one, or or play around and sample the buffet of spiritual practices and see what suits you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not just don't be afraid to experiment and, you know, just because you're trying something out doesn't mean you have to completely dedicate your entire existence to it. No, sure. you know you can, you know we have we have free will. We're sovereign and and can can dip in and out if we want to. It's, you know, (laughs) Um, yeah.
0: That's great. Thank you very much for sharing that. You're welcome. And thanks for being a part of the community. It's been the greatest blessing.
1: This community is so important. (laughs) So important to me. I can't even imagine where I would be. (laughs) I I wouldn't be happy. I know that. (laughs) So
0: thank you. Well, yeah. Thank you. um, It's my pleasure. (laughs) Because I get to be a part of it too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's great, isn't it?
0: (laughs) It's it's pretty. I, I mean, I also feel very profoundly blessed. Yeah. I hope so. No, I feel very, very <laughs> profoundly blessed. <laughs> oh, Thank you so hmm. much. Thank you.